Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. And I believe that God's Word is going to build you up, make you real strong to do the amazing things that He has called you to do. And having said that, we're going to jump into the Word today, beginning in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. We're going to talk about running with the spirit of revelation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your spirit of wisdom and revelation come and just flood the eyes of our heart with light. Let us understand it, see it, grasp it, and put it to work in our lives. Thank you, Father, for the help of your spirit. We give you all the praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And together we say amen. Woo, praise God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation gives you insights, supernatural insights into the knowledge of who? Into the knowledge of Jesus. So if you want to get closer to the Lord, you need these two aspects of the Holy Spirit to, to be operating in your life. Now, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, we do see the seven spirits of God. And we know that there's only one Holy Spirit, but these are the seven different attributes or primary attributes of the Holy Spirit. And so we have the spirit of wisdom, and the spirit of revelation would fall under the category in the Old Testament as the spirit of knowledge. But these are these are operating today in the life of the believer by the Holy Spirit, of course, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And when revelation is flowing, what it allows you to do is that word uh, revelation in the Greek, it, uh, it means to pull a curtain back so that you could see uh, what was behind the curtain that you could not see before. Here's what's interesting. Even though we do have the curtain pulled back and we see it, uh, it's actually been there the whole time. In other words, God knew what was behind the curtain. But we can have uh, different levels of insight that are based upon where we are at with our walk with God. And my friends, there's always room, and that's an understatement. There's a lot of room for increase, and we can go further into the heart of the Lord, but we gain these insights primarily through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And today I want to talk uh, more along the lines of running with the spirit of revelation. So the spirit of revelation is the one who unfolds the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Many of these mysteries, of course, they're uh, they're supernatural in, in essence that they are from God's kingdom, which is an invisible kingdom. It's uh, the kingdom of God is within the hearts of men and women. And this whole thing about God, uh, that's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Why, why did he say that? Because those in the church could see him. And there were many young believers in the church. They, how can you see God? He's invisible, right? So Paul said, follow me. They can look at his life, look at his example, and the way that he's living for the Lord, and they can just copy that, and they'll be just fine. Now, of course, some people couldn't say that who were Christians. <laughs> well, it leads you in a wrong direction. But Paul was uh, a very rock-solid, mature Christian, uh, a tremendous apostle, and uh, 
So he's leading, and you can look at him. But what the spirit of revelation will do is allow you to see things. And uh, you can get to the point where, yes, you can have a mentor, you can have guides, and you can have teachers, but also you're, you're grabbing things by the Spirit of the Lord so quick that um, you're, you're literally running just trying to keep up with the revel revelation uh, truths that God is continually releasing into your life. And it is by these insights that we move over into the realm where we operate in biblical authority, and that authority gives us victory over the various challenges you know, troubles and various trials that we would have in life. So uh, those things will be there. Uh, mountains can be there, but the spirit of revelation shows you what to do and gives you that insight so you know how to overcome it. Praise God. Now, this is interesting. Let's jump over just uh, for a moment uh, to the book of Acts, and uh, this is Acts chapter 8, and let's drop down to verse 30. So Philip ran to him, that would be the Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot, and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. So he was not reading quietly. That, that's good. He's reading out loud. Uh, it's okay to read quiet, but when you slowly read the scripture out loud, it does do something where, uh, where it affects not only your inner ear, but your outer ear. And uh, so that he's reading out loud. And so Philip comes over and uh, overtakes the chariot ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I understand unless, some, unless someone guides me? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, you have to have humility, and that, that is a prerequisite to flowing in the spirit of revelation. And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Again, another sign of humility and, and basically saying, hey, if you know, and Philip's like, I do, uh, then come over here and explain to me uh, what is going on here. And what can happen oftentimes in the body of Christ is that we can pick up maybe what we uh, call religious duties where we feel like I, I need to read three chapters a day or, you know, I, I want to read through the New Testament perhaps uh, in three months or something like that. And you can you can do that. You could just blast through it and read it. And there there is a blessing in that. But really the truth is in understanding what you're reading. And so sometimes uh, it's better just to take a small portion of Scripture, maybe just a few verses, but really uh, drill down deep on those and really know them. Why? That's going to impute authority into you that you know what you know, and you can actually use that. Now, let's take another look at Psalm 62. And I have always found this very intriguing. I think you will too. I know that um, <clears throat> you're going to understand what David is talking about here. Psalm 62, let's drop down to verse 11. Let me grab a drink of uh, uh, something hot here real quick. Praise God. David said, God has spoken once, twice I heard this, that power belongs to God. You know, you can read the Bible once and you could say, I read it. I really did read it, but something happens when you read it twice. How many times have you maybe read something 10 times, maybe a hundred times from the word of God, maybe a certain scripture. And then one day you read it and it's like that second hearing. And you're like, wow, I never saw that before. God has spoken once twice. Have I heard this? 
oftentimes it's that twice uh, speaking of it where you catch something that really grabs a hold of you. Praise God. And so we see here that it is the second hearing that brings what we would call revelation, the spirit of revelation who's, who's giving this. But really in what we would call charismatic circles or Pentecostal type circles, this would be known as the rhema. It is a word that you hear, but you hear it when it's spoken alive. Maybe you heard it before, but when it's spoken with the spirit of revelation or carried on that anointing of revelation, it's like you heard it for the first time, even if you heard it the second time. Now, it is the spirit of revelation that makes God's word become personal to you. In other words, it's not a history book. It's not a, a theological study. It's God talking to you. <laughs> Woo, praise God. <laughs> and uh, the way that happens is through the spirit of revelation. So today I want to share seven keys that will enhance the flow of revelation, and thus you'll find yourself running with the spirit of revelation. Praise the Lord. Number one, let's begin with this. Come to the Lord, come to God with a meek and humble heart. Praise God. And we see this in Psalm 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord, you know, God doesn't share his secrets with everybody. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. So that fear would uh, encompass a very deep respect and reverence for God, a humility towards God, uh, knowing that he knows way more than we do and we ever will. That's also a part of the mystery of the kingdom. Anybody that tells you they've gotten communion all figured out and it's like cut and dry, uh, they, that they're actually uh, presenting how little they actually know. If anybody says, I've got the anointing figured out, uh, you may know something about it, but there's, uh, look, these are endless pools of revelatory knowledge that you can swim in, not only for all of your life, that even when we get to heaven, we'll still be exploring the um, depths of these types of things. Anybody that tells you they fully grasp the resurrection or what Jesus did on the cross, uh, there is just absolutely no way. There are a group of monks that are called the Passionist, and all they do uh, all day long and throughout the, you know, many times even at night, all they do is primarily focus on the Passion or the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And even after they've been doing this for over 300 years and doing it all day long, they're still making new discoveries and insights into what Jesus actually accomplished for us. <laughs> so it's like, and that's why there's different uh, branches within the body of Christ, because we all can have strengths. But even in your area of strength, uh, you realize the more advanced you get in that area, exactly how little we do know and how much more there is to explore. Praise God. So we need to come to God with a meek and humble heart because God only teaches the humble and those who are willing to learn, not the proud or the arrogant that thinks they can probably get by without this Holy Spirit stuff. Yeah, it seems to be a, a real sickness today where a lot of Christians are very, very embarrassed of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you wouldn't catch them lifting their hands in church. Uh, you, you couldn't give them a million dollars to do it. They're so concerned about their, their pride and about what people think of them and, uh, 
oh, oh, Lord, it's just really, it's really sad. But you have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit teach you, and He'll He'll pull you past all of that uh, superficial, peripheral uh, fluff. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take long to leave uh, the city of religion and uh, begin to ascend up the mountain towards Mount Zion, uh, where you're not content to camp way down real low at like base level camps. I'm not saying the people there don't have a blessing and maybe didn't have a move of God there a hundred years ago or 300 years ago. But how many of you know that you have to keep going up up, up, praise the Lord. And that's what we want to do. Thank you, Jesus. So we see also in the life of Moses that he really had unusual revelation into knowing God as a person, a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. And it's very interesting also that we see something said about him uh, concerning his state of humility. And that's found in the book of Numbers uh, chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. So out of everybody that was on the planet at that time, he was the most humble person. And there's somebody today, I don't know who it is, there's somebody today in the body of Christ uh, who belongs to Jesus, who God, and God knows that we can't act like God doesn't know. Trust me, if we can, if we can, you know, you can go to the rankings of the, of tennis, professional tennis. It'll tell you number one, number two, world ranking. Tell, they know exactly who number one is. There's no guess. They can, uh, you know, you can look at basketball, you can look at sports and you can real quick get, find out who the top 10, top 100 are. There's, there's somebody right now on the earth walking around somewhere who's number one in the eyes of God in the area of humility. Now, of course, we do know that Moses wrote the book of Numbers, so he actually wrote this, and he knew that. And he's not being arrogant. He's just being honest. He knew that's where he was with the Lord, and humility is something that is a, a very attractive to God, and it means also that you're a very teachable person. Praise God. So with Moses, we see that his meekness and his humility uh, really brought him to a place of receiving great access into the secrets of God. So sometimes we look at the authority and the leadership uh, grace gift to lead three million people. Uh, and then we think, well, maybe the humility, maybe that's all a coincidence. Uh, no, the reason that he's so great is because he's so humble. They actually do go together. Praise the Lord. Now, Matthew chapter 11, let's turn over there just for a moment. Praise God. Matthew chapter 11, and let's go to verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle or meek, okay? I'm gentle, meek, and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Praise God. So if you want the spirit of revelation to flow in your life and to uh, be enhanced even more than what it is right now. You have to lean into this area of meekness and humility. Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. Wow. Isn't it amazing? You can be in a beautiful, quiet uh, place, maybe like a cafe or a coffee shop or something, and it's just so calm and peaceful and maybe real soft, nice music playing, and in comes a loud mouth 
Or in comes somebody on their phone, and they're talking on the phone, and they're talking so loud because they think that their conversation is so wonderful, they want everybody else to hear it. And maybe they're trying to act like the big shot business person or something like that. I've, I've seen them in hotels walk around real loud talking like, we need, you know, and they're, they're actually wanting the people. It's a sign of insecurity. <laughs> Along with arrogance, praise the Lord. But... Um, you know, the meek will inherit the earth, and we need to embrace that aspect in our walk with the Lord. It was something that was strong uh, on Jesus, and he was the number one person when he was on the earth, of course. Moses was also, and you really need that for uh, great flows of revelation. If you want to be a great leader, you're going to have to have insights. So we need to mix in humility and meekness, praise God. Number two, to enhance the flow of the spirit of revelation is to come to God with a joyful heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we see this laid out very clearly in the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So what does it mean, Pastor Stephen? Well, it means that you need to flow in joy in order to receive the revelations of God's Word. Oh, without joy, you cannot pull up that water out of the wells of salvation. And let me say this, that is why the enemy works so hard against you to get you discouraged and then to try to push you even further to maybe where you're, you're like depressed because he knows that you can't have access to mysteries of the word when you are sad and depressed, sitting over in a corner, crying in a, in a, uh, in a dark corner, and you don't want to come out. Oh, the devil loves that. He would like for you to stay that that little corner for the rest of your life. Why? You can't get any revelation from the word. <laughs> you can't pull anything up when you're sad. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. If you're in a little bit of a depressed funk right now, pull up out of it right now just to spite the devil. <laughs> maybe something really uh, difficult happened to you, or maybe you were very disappointed and you let yourself slip over into that area, or pull out of it right now uh, for nothing else just to spite the devil. And the cap, yeah, do it to catch revelation. Amen. But you need to pull out of it just because of the sake that the devil loves you seeing you sit there. Amen. So come on out of that place, get over into the joy, and then begin to tap into that revelation flow that is found in the word, but you can only get it with joy. Mm -mm. Now we see this also in Psalm 16 and in verse 11. You will show me the path of life. Did you know that there is a path unique for every individual believer? Now, there's a corporate path for the body of Christ. It is the straight and narrow. But there is also the individual unique path that God has just uh, designed and tailor-made for you. And it says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. So if you really want to know what God's plan for your life is and what God wants you to do, you're never going to figure it out or, or get insights into it depressed. You get you get understanding of that path and you, you get revelations of it by being in joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures, not whippings and beatings. No, pleasures forever 
more. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. So the path of life is revealed in God's presence. And that path opens up also through a joyful heart that's pushing out thanksgiving and praise, as mentioned in Psalm 100. If you don't really know how to praise the Lord, just uh, go skip straight to Psalm 100 and uh, you'll be ready to go. Praise the Lord. Verse 1, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. It's good to shout, you know, the Lord's praises. Serve the Lord with gladness, not with sadness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Woo, praise God. There you go. Thanksgiving and praise. Praise the Lord. And that as you enter into his presence with joy, thanksgiving and praise, that path of life gets unfolded before you and you get revelatory knowledge about what you're supposed to do, the timing of that, the sequence of how it's going to unfold. It'll just come to you by the Holy Spirit supernaturally. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. By the way, this is also why, and I'm sure you've noticed this too, when you're sad or depressed or even angry and you sit down and open up your Bible, I mean, you might as well be reading like, um, you know, some kind of, you know, hunting magazine or something like that. I mean, you just can't, you can't extract any spiritual life out of it at all. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like reading some kind of an old dusty, you know, history book or something like that. You, you cannot extract life out of it when you're uh, a joyless or depressed like that. You can only draw those waters out of that well of salvation with a joyful heart. Praise God. And with that joy, trust me, you're going to catch some spectacular revelations. Praise God. So refuse to have your access to revelation blocked. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, think about David just for a moment. He was such a joyful man that God revealed to him many things about the coming Messiah. I mean, when you read Psalm 22, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like David had gotten teleported into the future and he's standing there at Calvary looking at Jesus being crucified on the cross. Well, what happened? He saw that through revelation before it ever happened. So it pays to have a joyful countenance. Praise the Lord. And he was praising God often. And he was a king. And so, yes, with the, with the king, there comes that element of like, you know, dignity and stuff like that. But joy, joy granted him unusual access into the secrets of God. Praise the Lord. Don't ever get so like, how can I say, um, uh, dignified that, that you, you can't, there is a place of dignity, but there's also a place, uh, you start getting religious. You know what I'm talking about? That you can't laugh, can't have fun in the spirit and you lose that sensitivity to the Holy spirit. Watch out for that. So joy is a great, um, guardian of your ability to flow and move with the Holy spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's move on to number three of how you can enhance this flow of the spirit of revelation. Number three is meditate on the word. Now, let me share something from Psalm 119. And uh, that is, of course, the longest Psalm in the Bible. 
So we're not going to read all the verses, but let's look at one. Let's go to verse 99. And David said, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Oh, my goodness. So there is something that happens when you meditate on the principles and on the testimonies of God's Word that light and understanding begins to break into your spirit. But as David said, it comes through meditation. So meditation is the spiritual process where the Word of God is broken down into digestible pieces. Mm -mm. So while there are many readers of the Word, very few actually go beyond reading into a place where they begin to assimilate and meditate on the Word. I've met a lot of champion readers. I, I've met a lot of um, uh, people that can quote Scripture, and they, uh, they don't even know really sometimes what they're quoting. They, they don't know the context or the, or the setting of it, and, uh, but the, they love firing off Scriptures. I think it makes them feel like uh, highly educated or something like that, to, uh, or you know, very theological to be able to just quote all the Scriptures off, and sometimes they don't even understand what they're saying. Actually, many times they don't understand what they're saying. So we want to have uh, the depth, praise God. That's really where the blessing is at, and it comes through meditation. So let me give you an example. When you swallow your food, it's not going to provide any nutrition to your body until it passes through digestion so it can then be absorbed into your body through the bloodstream and things like that. So just because you swallowed it or read it or heard it doesn't mean that it's gotten down into you. So in order for God's Word to bring value to you or nutrition to you, it requires a process of pondering the Word and then chewing and absorbing that which you have heard. You've got to get it into you. Praise God. That's the problem with most vitamins. You can take these vitamins <laughs> and they never, the cheap vitamins never get assimilated into your body. Uh, why? It's like a, it's almost like a piece of chalk, like a chalk pellet and you swallow it and your body has a lot of trouble digesting that and it's never assimilated and it's just passed out in your waste. So uh, it didn't do any good at all, except it made the, um, the vitamin company some more money. So whether it's vitamins or other types of food, you have to, you have to work with the digestive process. Praise God. And it's no different than with the word. Praise God. So reading is like swallowing the food, but meditation is more like the digestion that ends up making the word real. To you. Mm -mm. I mean, it's your word. It's your word because it's in you now and it's actually like a part of you. I mean, they say in the natural world, they say you are what you eat, but in the, in the spirit realm, that has much more emphasis. So this is why a Christian may know what is written in the Bible, yet those things, strangely enough, they're not being reflected in their personal life. They could even quote the scripture. Uh, and maybe they've even heard teaching that would explain it, but because they have never meditated on it and sat down with it and chewed on it, it's not, it's not producing. And so 
That's an area that we can always develop more. And as you do with meditation, what happens, you begin to get, catch revelations. And David said that I have more understanding than all my teachers. Praise the Lord. And yes, I do know those who've gone to college and went off to uh, get a degree in business. And by the time they're a sophomore or even a freshman in college, they're making more money than the professor. And then the light goes on. Why am I sitting here getting taught when I, I'm actually, I actually know more practically than they do, and I'm making more money than they do? And I, that is, uh, that's happened to quite a few young people who just found their niche in business and maybe went off to business school, but uh, they just started working it. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. So, you know, you go with that flow of revelation because it can certainly expedite your life very, very quickly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Now, let's move on to number four. And let me say that if you want to continue to increase the spirit of revelation uh, operating in your life, then understand that purity will enhance the flow. Now, in Mark chapter four, Jesus spoke along this line in verse 11, and he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdoms of God. Okay, so if you want insight into mysteries of the kingdom, then you need the spirit of revelation to pull the curtain back, or else it's it's what? It's like a hidden, it's like a parable that you don't understand. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Who are those that are on the outside? The, the ones who aren't right with God. Hmm. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. You know, I used to be a plumber before the Lord called me into the ministry full time. And when I was driving back and forth from job to job all over Southern California working, you know, I had the work van. And so I worked. Uh, this, it was like a family thing. Uh, Kelly's dad was a master plumber, and he taught, uh, you know, the um, the son-in-laws, you know, plumbing. And so we would be involved in, you know, commercial jobs and residential jobs and things like that. So when I'm driving around, you get stuck in traffic, I would just take a cassette tape back in those, remember those days? Okay, that kind of dates us, right? I would take a cassette tape and just put it into the player and just listen. And I would listen to, you know, primarily Kenneth Hagin. I would listen to Charles Capps, and I would listen to these teachings. But the main one I would listen to would be Kenneth Hagin. And one day I left the... Um, I left the tape, uh, cassette tape, in the van, and uh, and the next day we like switched vans and went off in different directions. And you know sometimes we had to do that because of different tools that were on uh, different uh, vans. You know the big. Uh, uh, long story short, that you know you had big equipment on some vans, smaller stuff on others. So we switched vans, and um, I didn't know it, but the the uh, one of my family members who jumped in the other van started listening to the tape the one that I'm just like sucking all of the uh, nourishment out of. He listens to it, and he sees me later that day, and he said, hey, uh, Stephen, I listened to that tape you were listening to. I said, you did? I said, what'd you think of it? He said, that guy sure has a high-pitched voice, don't he? I said, I I never noticed that. I said, did you get anything out of the teaching? "Uh, No, but he had a high-pitched voice, didn't he? Uh, 
You can't explain it. See, it's spiritual. Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. Wow. So purity is a basic requirement for revelations from the Word of God. You want to live your life right. (laughs) You don't want to be doing naughty stuff. You don't want to be doing sinful stuff. Why? It'll clog up that flow. And so if anything like that would be in your life, just shut it off. Look, walk out on the devil right now, close the doors, and just say, I'm not messing around with this stuff. I want to hear from God. I want to walk with God. And when you do that, you'll notice uh, very quickly that your blessings are on the other side of your obedience. Amen. So jump in there because purity enhances the flow. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's go a little bit further. And let me talk just for a moment about uh, speaking in tongues or praying in the Spirit for extended periods of time. Let me give you a scripture on this one. This would be uh, 1 Corinthians. Let me jump over there real quick. Praise God. 1 Corinthians, and that is, thank you, Lord Jesus. That's going to be chapter 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praying in the Spirit, glory to God, for extended periods of time. I've had some very unusual uh, experiences come out of this. Now, let me read verse 18 first. Paul said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Oh, Paul, don't do that. They might think you're Pentecostal. (laughs) I was praying for the sick one time and the cameras were rolling and the lady came up and she said, we're not on TV, Ari. I said, sister, I'm sending this out to the whole world. She said, oh, I don't want those back at my home church to think I'm in a Pentecostal meeting. Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. See, the Holy Spirit will also deliver you from all that religiosity, all that religion of being concerned about what others think about you, and they don't even really care about you that much. They're just a bunch of, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, puffed up, stuffed up, hot air filled uh, religious critics usually. You got to get delivered and free from all of that. Mm-hmm. Some of you, um, if you're smelling hairspray, supernaturally right now, that means let go and stop trying to hold it all together all the time, where you think that your uh, your personality, your presentation has to be perfect all the time. You're always concerned about what people think of you. That If you smell that in the spirit realm, hairspray, that's what that means. Let, let, uh, let go. David said to uh, Saul's daughter that, uh, you know, that he was married to, he said, I will be even more undignified than this. Hey, if you think I'm praising the Lord, you think I look silly out here, and you're going you're gonna to criticize me for that, let me show you how I'm going to really dance now. So be free, praise God. He said, I speak with tongues more than you all. Well, again, it's not a coincidence that Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So there is a direct correlation to praying in the Spirit or speaking in tongues, and something mysterious happens when you do that, that causes revelation to flow. And I, I can't explain it, but all I can say is that I know it works. The spirit of revelation will begin to flow, and you'll just begin to know things the more you take time to pray in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, number six is fasting. Let me go back to one of my favorite fasting chapters in the Bible, Isaiah 58, and please uh, jump down and meet me in verse 8. 
Isaiah 58, verse 8. And this is talking about God's chosen fast. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. What is light representing? It's representing revelation knowledge, knowing what to do. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. For me, one of the most enjoyable things about uh, fasting and prayer is the revelation light that begins to flow. Now, this is interesting. I, I came off of a fast uh, just just recently, uh, eight days, no food, just fasted for eight days. And I came off of that fast and uh, pulled up on my iPad a prophecy given to me a few years back by one of the world's leading prophets. I think he's in his 90s now, uh, a great, great man of God. And so uh, it is probably the most important prophecy I've had spoken over my life in the last in the last 10 years, if not the last 20 years. And I, I came off that fast and I reread slowly that prophecy. And I'm telling you, my friends, I've read that prophecy probably a hundred times. Let me tell you, when I read it, a light of revelation went off and I just about shouted when I saw what had been right under my nose the whole time, because I'd had it typed out and I couldn't believe that I had missed this. Okay, now watch this. So I I just kind of like soaked in that and took all of that in because the Holy Spirit was unveiling that. It's like he pulled the curtain back on it. And I called Kelly, my wife, and I said, Kelly, I said, now watch this. I'm going to show you something about that prophecy that the Holy Spirit just showed me. And I, I explained it to her in two sentences. And she, when she heard it, she said, I see it. She said, Stephen, how, how did we not see that? <laughs> and it brought so much crazy joy. Woo, glory to God. I'm telling you, things can be this close to you, but without the spirit of revelation, you can't, you can't catch it. You can't catch it, but you're going to catch some things. Are you ready for this? This week. This week, you're going to catch some things that will thrill your heart, and it will be literally light breaking forth. Mm, mm, mm. I'll tell you more about that prophecy sometime. Praise God. Glory to God. By the way, when I was on that fast, I think it was day five. Uh, It was either day four or day five, but I think it was day five. At at two o'clock in the morning, uh, the kitty cat came and woke me up. So um, I got up out of the bed and, uh, uh, you know, uh, let Kelly sleep. Let me go take care of the kill, uh, kitty cat. And I went downstairs and he wanted some food. I gave him some food at two o'clock in the morning. I was tired like anybody would be at two. Uh, but by the time I'd gotten back upstairs, I was now like fully awake. So I didn't go back to bed. I went over to my office, my home office, and I sat down and began to hang out with the Lord. And I just, you know, I was having real sweet, like, like prayer fellowship. And at about 2.30 in the morning, Jesus walked into my room. And the glory, he's a king. He is a sovereign king. He's the king of kings. That that glory of a king just filled the room, filled the entire room. (laughs) And And he made a statement. You know, when Jesus talks, you can't fabricate what he says. He's, he says what he, what he says, and it is what it is. You can't add to it or take it away. And if you do, you, there's a curse that comes with that. But Jesus came and he stood there and he 
And he said, the reason so-and-so can't get healed is because, and he named a name. And he named the name of a ministry partner. Can you believe that? Jesus said he'll, he said he'll never get healed unless, and he told me what was wrong. Wow. Wow. Now, now, of course, if you're if you're one of my ministry partners or ch- online church members and you're sick, you're probably thinking, Pastor Stephen, was that me? <laughs> Woo! First of all, it was a guy. So if you're a lady, uh, it's not you. Amen. Well, Pastor Stephen, did you get on the phone when the son came up and called the brother? Uh, no, no. Praise God. Amen. No. I understand what Kenneth Hagin said one time when the Lord the Lord showed him something about another minister and said that this minister doesn't judge himself in these three areas, he's going to die. And Kenneth Hagin said, you know, like, like, Lord, if I tell that man that, that, that he said, that preacher will slap me in the face. <laughs> you mean, Pastor Stephen, there are people that are like that? Yeah, there's people, if you tell them the truth, the, re- the relationship's over. The friendship is over. Wow. And that's, the, that's also, uh, uh, that's also what happens uh, if you're in my world. And by the way, if you're watching me, you're in my world. Praise God. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I live on the other side of the planet. I, I, I tithe and I support your ministry. You don't, you don't really know me. You might be surprised. I know every tither of the, I know every, I know who every tither is of this ministry. I know who the givers are. Amen. I know who those are that, that, that are monthly partners. And you might be shocked at what I might know about you as your pastor, praise the Lord. But that doesn't mean I just start calling people, brother, you wouldn't believe what God showed me. <laughs> pastor Stephen, I want the truth and nothing. But we, all, we all think we do. But sometimes when there's some crookedness and, uh, and there's some stubbornness, uh, no, Jesus said to, the, said to the disciples who'd been with him three and a half years, I have many things I'd like to say with you, but you can't handle it right now. Oh, no, Jesus, we're ready. Let it rip. Go ahead and tell us. Uh, no, you're, you're not ready. Praise God. Amen. So these are areas where Jesus, uh, he shares things with me sometimes for my, for my insight. Why in the world would I be praying over that situation? Oh, God, heal brother so-and-so. Because uh, brother, uh, brother so-and-so ain't going to get healed until he uh, fixes this one area. Praise the Lord. Though many, many of the things, of course, are private. I would never tell anybody. Now, sometimes, perhaps if the person asked me, but they don't really know, they don't see, they don't, they don't know the Lord has come and told me these types of things. But it's interesting how the Holy Spirit works. The Spirit of Revelation, the Spirit of Revelation. I mean, I've had people standing right next to me, ministry partners who are sick, and while they're talking to me about their incurable sickness, I've had the Holy Spirit speak into my ear and tell me why they can't get their healing. Well, Pastor Stephen, perhaps it's a problem of faith and they're not exercising their faith. That hasn't been the case yet, especially if you're following my ministry. That's 90% of what I'm preaching is faith, faith in God. <laughs> so that's usually not the problem. If there's a blockage, that's usually not the problem. Mm-mm. All right, I better move on before I start getting a bunch of emails. Praise God. Amen. But I'm just saying God can talk to you. If God can talk to me about somebody else, how much more could he go to the direct source? Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So these things come by revelation. Dig into these things. And fasting really does help that. Uh, 
And, you know, if you if you wait for the Spirit of God to lead you on a fast, you may never fast. Uh, just incorporate it as a spiritual discipline into your life. You don't have to go three days, but maybe just one day. And sometimes you might want to go a little bit longer. And on special occasions, you might want to even push further. It's totally between you and the Holy Spirit. But it does, it absolutely does enhance the flow of revelation. Mm-mm. Praise God. Praise God. I could tell you, I could sit here and tell you stories of times Jesus has come to me and told me about somebody else. Uh, and most of the time is private, unless maybe I could talk with that person one-on-one, but sometimes even one-on-one, the Lord's just like, you don't need to bring it up. I just showed that to you just so that you're aware. And you can pray, praise God, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. I'm telling you, there's the rewards of obedience are unspeakable. And the things lost in life because of stubborn disobedience, oh, wow, they're they're pretty rough. Amen. But as long as you're hearing me and you're breathing and you love the Lord, if something's off, get it right. Get it right because you do have a beautiful life. Uh, a beautiful life is not just for a few. It's for it's the calling and destiny of every believer, but we have to do it God's way. Praise God. You know, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, a stubbornness, a rebellionness, even for believers who love the Lord, but uh, you touch that area, you've touched their like their, uh, their little pet thing. And boy, you touch that, uh, boy, uh, like, uh, like a flame in the eyes comes up. <laughs> You're like, wow, whatever the brother so-and-so, <laughs> uh, you touch this thing. So, you know, if they won't let the Holy Spirit touch it, how in the world am I supposed to touch it? Praise God and fix it. If they won't let God come into their heart, how am I supposed to come in there? Praise God. Mm-mm-mm. Very interesting, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Mm. I told a well-known minister one time, uh, one of the, I gave him one example of when the Holy Spirit, or actually when Jesus came to me and told me about a person, something amazing. And this well-known uh, preacher said, well, if I were you, I'd have gone and told the person. And I kind of wanted to say, I didn't say, he was a lot older than me, but I kind of wanted to say, well, that's kind of why God doesn't tell you or talk to you like this, because it doesn't work like that. It, trust me, it does not work like that. If they won't listen to Jesus and they won't listen to the Holy Spirit, it's highly unlikely they're going to listen to you. And so if he says, share it, you can. But if not, you've got to learn, you've got to learn that not everything is for public uh, uh, sharing. It's an interesting thing. I mean, I heard Kenneth Hagin say that uh, one time that, you know, he... because he, he was a prophet, and he could be sitting on the platform looking over the audience, and he can see in the spirit who's going to die, you know, and they, they don't know they're going to die, and they're going to die that week, and they don't know it. The prophet's ministry is very interesting, I, and I used to read that one years back, decades back, and think, wow, that's, but then those types of things would begin to happen to me, and that doesn't mean you jump up and say, brother, guess what? God showed me you're going to die this week. I sure hope you're ready to go. Did you get your wheel signed and figure it out? Oh, no, I mean, it's just, uh, he'll talk to you, but you've got to get on that frequency where you know what is to be held real close 
and what could possibly be shared if the Holy Spirit would allow that. And if you blow that, mess it up, God will start, he'll stop talking to you in that way. Mm -mm. All right, last one. Number seven, if you want to enhance the flow of the spirit of revelation, I want to encourage you to be open to the ministry of angels. All right, take a look at this in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter nine, and in verse three, Daniel said, well, actually verse two, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books. Now, those books would be the letters, the writings primarily of Jeremiah the prophet. He said, I understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accompany 70 years in the, in the desolations of Jerusalem. So Daniel knows that Jeremiah prophesied that this is going to happen. The Jews are going to come out of Babylonian captivity after 70 years. Well, okay, so if you really want to know the month and the day, the 70 years are up, what do we need to know? We need to know the start point of when they went into captivity. So when is the exile over? After 70 years? Okay, when did they go in? What in the eyes of God was the marker of when the 70-year calendar date began? And if you know that, you know when the prophecy actually starts and when it now ends. And that's what happened to me also when I looked at this prophecy uh, given to me by this great prophet. Uh, I had miscalculated when it started. I kind of like thought it started then uh, because something fit that, but it actually didn't. The word of knowledge fit, but then the prophecy was for a latter time. And when I saw the timing of when the prophecy actually started, Wow. It's like the whole thing became like a living letter. Praise the Lord. Now look at this. Verse, uh, verse, let's go to verse 21. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, that would be the angel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. Angels can work with the Holy Spirit in areas of healing. Angels can work with the Holy Spirit in areas of bringing revelatory knowledge where you know things by the Spirit that you never knew before. And that angel can bring you something. It can be called a word of knowledge, which is supernatural information about something you're supposed to step into or do. But there is, there is the revelation of that. And they, it can come by angels, maybe through a dream, maybe through a night encounter with an angelic being from heaven. Praise the Lord. Be open to that. Be open to that. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. I want to pray for you now. These are the seven keys that will enhance the flow of the spirit of revelation so that you can run with the spirit of revelation. Praise God. On that pathway of life, running on that pathway of life, enjoying the Lord on the journey. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for those who are watching right now, hungry in their hearts for more of you, really wanting more of you. Well, Father, you're going to unveil Jesus to them through the spirit of revelation, insights into Jesus, insights into you, O God. So, Father, let that spirit flow now and a stronger flow that they've ever 
had before. I thank you, Father, they're not going to rush things or try to, you know, like create something just to have some experience. We're not we're not dabbling with anything along that line. We're just going with the flow. But we thank you, O oh God, that your spirit does communicate, that he does talk, and that he is the he is the world's greatest conversationalist. And we pray, Father God, that the spirit of revelation would begin to reveal things concerning the path of life that you have. Father, bless your people. Let that anointing of enhancement in this area of revelatory knowledge, let it come upon them now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory. Glory to God. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is good. If you're watching today, but you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe maybe you're attracted to the supernatural. Maybe that's why you're watching. But you really don't know Jesus as your Savior. You've never given your life to Him. You need to do that today. I want to pray for you. Now, it could also be that there's some watching me. Maybe you used to be a Christian, but you fell away. You got off into deception, and the devil, he pulled a fast one on you. And the next thing you knew, you were you were off in the mud. It's time to come out. Come back right now. The blood of Jesus will wash you clean, and God will give you a fresh start, okay? I would like for you to pray also. Now, together, let's pray. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I stop running from you, and I run to you. I repent of all of my sins. Jesus, wash my sins away with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Save me now. Thank you, Jesus. And step into my life, Lord, and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name, I pray. Thank you for saving me. In your name, I pray. Amen. And amen, and God is good, and the angels are rejoicing. Praise God. And we are too. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Now, let's take some holy communion today. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Praise the Lord. And we're going to pray over this and bless it. And we're going to receive the Lord's body and blood. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We set it apart through this prayer as being holy, and we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh. We thank you for the Word being a living book. We thank you for you that you're feeding us with the finest of wheat. You're feeding us with scriptures that build faith in our hearts to overcome every hurdle of the enemy. We thank you for nothing but victory because you feed us with your best. Father, we receive the Lord's flesh now. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for its mighty cleansing power. We thank you for the flow of your spirit. And through the blood, we are in that flow. 
We thank you for revelatory knowledge, the spirit of revelation flowing in our lives, everything that we need to know. We thank you that we're not in the dark anymore on anything. Father, we thank you that light is breaking forth and we're walking in the light of your word. We thank you that we know what to do and that your people are walking in authority. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive together. Praise God. Well, let me put up on the screen now the giving link of how you can support the ministry. If these teachings are blessing you, and I trust that they are, amen. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to sow seed, amen. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said one time. He said, you've never had a real Pentecostal meeting unless an offering has been received. (laughs) I believe it, amen. You're being fed, you're being blessed. Honor Jesus and sow a seed, amen. Exercise your faith as you do. Believe God for good things. And thank you for your tithes and offerings. Thank you for supporting this ministry and also for your prayers for Pastor Kelly and I and our team here at the ministry. Praise God. Good things are happening. God is working mightily in your life. And until next time, I look forward to seeing you back real soon. Now go run with the spirit of revelation.